Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Adam Levy, and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. This six-part series, Business of Science, helps you commercialize your research. Throughout this series, we've looked at what you can do to stack the odds in your favour, whether that's refining the perfect pitch or planning how you'll scale up your business once things are going smoothly. But the truth is that things often don't go smoothly. And with the help of personal stories from entrepreneurs and expert advice, in this episode we're looking at how to deal with setbacks when you're setting up a research-based business. Patrick Ankatil is founder and CEO of Portal Instruments, commercialising a technology to allow needle-free injection of drugs. He explains that there are a wide range of setbacks that you are likely to come across in the business world. I think the technical one, interestingly, I mean, they're almost expected. I mean, they're never pleasant, but they're almost expected. I think the ones that are harder is, is when there's other stakeholders involved. For example, if you cannot get the financing or the next financing of your company, and now you have, you know, your whole team, uh, you know, maybe you know, 40, 50 people who depend on you, you know, who, who just may have no job the next day. I, mean, I, think, I think these are the hard, uh, the, the, the hard facts of, of, of startup life. And, you know, you, you may have uh, many days where it's just like one thing after the other. Uh, but then you have also extremely high highs. Of course, this past year, a very different kind of setback emerged the coronavirus pandemic. This has affected every aspect of our lives, from the professional to the personal. And keeping things as normal as possible in this time has presented its own challenges. I mean, there was no plan for what to do in the pandemic. Uh, And I think there is, um, if I look at what we've done, it's it's kind of being alert and and understanding really beyond just a business, what is happening in the world in general, level-headedness, calmness in a crisis, um, and, and logic, all of these are very important uh, values to have that will, in the end, actually help you through uh, those unexpected crises. And Patrick has a tip on how you can prepare for setbacks by starting to think about what kinds of risks are out there so that when the unexpected happens, it's as expected as possible. I, I like the idea of contingency plans on things that you've realized are weaknesses. Uh, I think that's important. 
Uh, I think it's important in, not only in business and in, in any part of life that I think that that's important to like the if then, if this happens, then this is the plan. We should do that such that you don't waste time, uh, you know, trying to problem solve while you also are managing the crisis as well. And Patrick isn't the only one to recommend running through these kinds of hypotheticals. Daniel Batten is an investor with Exponential Founders Fund and coach with Beyond the Ceiling. Daniel recommends hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. The best way to be successful is you look at what you can do well and you focus on that and you do everything in your power to reverse engineer towards the success you want to create. But then you do the second part and you go, what's the worst that can happen? And this is super important. You don't have to do much of it. You only need to do it once or twice, but you, you do it and you look at, okay, so what? let's imagine a global financial crisis event. Let's imagine you know, a pandemic or, or, or that it lasts for another three years. What would we do in that situation? So all these really fun scenarios, they're, they're quite doom and gloom. But the funny thing is they don't depress you. So the moment you, you actually go there and think about what's the worst that can happen, you go, okay, well, you know, if the worst happens, um, you know, it, wouldn't, it would suck, but we'd still be around. This can, of course, help you prepare for setbacks like supplier failures or a source of funding falling through. But Daniel argues it can even help businesses prepare for the much more hard-to-predict possibilities, like a pandemic. Now, this is not just a theoretical exercise. One person, a woman who I was talking to recently, um, she had a product. It relied on having um, large events, and suddenly there were no large events anymore. She had anticipated um, this was possible. She didn't know why that would happen, but she anticipated, what if we can't do large events? And she had another strategy. And so she immediately pivoted to that that other strategy. She kept the investor who said they weren't reinvested updating and told them what she'd done. The investor came back and said, I like the way you've responded to this. I'm interested in reinvesting in this new business plan that you have and actually ended up coming back. What occurs in life is not because of events, it's the confluence between the event and your response to it. We do have absolute control over our responses, and our responses change the outcome. Not every setback is on the scale of a planetary pandemic, and for many businesses, the pandemic didn't drastically disrupt operations. For Vai Vu, COO of Helio Heat, commercialising a solar energy technology, having to think carefully about finances is one of the biggest departures from when she was a PhD researcher. I think the most challenging part is that actually, uh, well, worrying about the money. Um, yeah, you have to be much more a marketing person to do that, to convince the people to give you the money, uh, than uh, you have to be in the uh, research field. There you can show your list of publications and most of the time it's enough, right? But um, in the real world, it's, it works somehow different. Perhaps money is the biggest difference between the real and the academic worlds. Of course, funding is crucial in both domains, but securing and managing it works fundamentally differently. Chemist Javier Garcia Martinez is based at the University of Alicante, as well as Rive Technology, using nanotechnology to improve catalysts. He explains that as a startup looking for funding from big corporations, he's painfully familiar with financial setbacks. Our main setback it was many times uh, clients were committed and willing to buy our catalyst, but the last minute they changed their mind. And those contracts were very important for the company. The main misalignment 
uh, that I felt was between the, the urgency of a startup and, and the, the slowliness of, of a corporation. For Javier, preparing for these issues is both a practical and a personal process. Yeah, the first thing you need to be ready for that. Uh, success is very rare in a startup. Most of the times uh, there are setbacks uh, with clients, with customers, with uh, actually your own employees, with investors. So you need to be ready for that. One, emotionally, to make sure that your team feel that you are always there as the founder, as the leader of the company with, with a message of, of, of hope and ambition, that you share your vision and you are emotionally prepared for that. And also that you have raised enough money to run your company, even with two or three or four unforeseen setbacks. Because if, if you are just running uh, dry with, with very little money in the bank, because you are sure that that contract is just going to happen, you are running a very risky business. If you've been listening to this series so far, then you will have already heard from this episode's interviewee, Barbara Domain Heyman. Barbara is entrepreneur-in-residence at the Francis Crick Institute in London, where she helps startups find their feet. But, as with many guests on this podcast, her career journey started in academia. I did my doctorate in bioorganic chemistry at Oxford, but while I was doing that, I realised that I didn't think I was going to be cut out for a career in science at the bench. I just didn't really have the patience that's needed to be a really great research scientist. And I discovered this world of entrepreneurship and sort of venture-backed companies and, and growth. And this is what I really loved the idea of, was building a business. Barbara has a host of experience in business, which means she also has a host of experience dealing with the unexpected. So we started out by discussing when she's encountered setbacks in her work. I think the answer is, when have I not had to? I mean, I think, I think, I think the thing about every single early stage company I've been involved with is that the path is never smooth and things never go exactly as you expect. Even when things are going well, there's usually some bump along the road. So it's really, I mean, resilience is the single most important thing that you need to have if you want to embark down this path of, of actually you know, building a, a, a business out of your science, you have to build a team. Um, you have to inspire your team. You have to be the one that actually continues to, to, to keep the faith and to say, yes, this is going to turn out fine in the end, even when things are going really, really wrong and, and it's a really tough going. Um, and then I think that the, the, the most... The aspect where you need resilience the most is when it comes to fundraising uh, because you will just get knockback after knockback um, when you're doing fundraising because you, you have to, I mean, as everyone says, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince and, um, or princess. Yeah, you have to just expect to get rejection after rejection um, and you just have to keep picking yourself up and carry on and you know, even when you have a, a massive blow up and something goes really badly wrong um you you can only allow yourself sort of half an hour of of you know oh no this is a disaster and then you've just got to pick yourself up and and just just carry on i wonder if you have just an anecdote or, or something about 
a time when you you personally have had to deal with something which where you really didn't expect it and it felt like it set you back a bit I mean I think I, I mean I've done a lot of work on on business development and and sometimes they turn around when things are going really well and you think things are going really well and they say actually you know our strategy's changed and actually we're not going to go forward with this deal and that is absolutely gut-wrenching when you've put so much time and energy into something and you're really you you kind of you had all the vibes that that suggested that you know this was going to happen everybody was really enthusiastic about it and then something happens in that other organization which is a big company so you've really got no visibility of it and they just turn around and they say I'm sorry but our strategy's changed and we're not doing this anymore and that happens i mean that has happened to me more than once and what i would say is you know don't count your chickens until you've actually got the signature on the legal agreement from the other side it is not done so um yeah it's it's devastating when it happens uh but you know you've got to have a plan b basically do you have any advice on what to do when you do get these rejections is there any way to turn that around Investors are interested in things that align with their interests. So you may have the most fantastic proposition, but it may just not fit with them or it may be too early um and they'll just say well no come back when you've got more data and you just have to keep going in the face of all the rejections that you get. But uh, but if they if they do say, you know, not now, um then the the persistent people will say okay, well what would it take then? for 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 you to say yes now is the right time what data would i need to generate to turn that not now but maybe later into a yes actually this does fit and this is interesting do you have any tips i suppose for dealing with with unexpected setbacks you can't you don't have time to to wallow in it you just have to kind of think okay this has now happened um i can't change that but what can i do differently next as a result what have i learned from this latest setback and what would i do differently next time are there any mistakes that you see people commonly making when they are dealing with setbacks i think you, you know even when you're really feeling pretty wretched inside um and you know perhaps pretty angry at the way somebody's behaved or let you down um i think you just have to project a, a positive energy um because that's how you'll build the business going forward are there any places or or even people that people can turn to when things do feel like they're they're beyond their capacity and something's really felt like it's derailed them i think it's always a good thing to see if you can kind of build a, a a network of of sort of trusted mentors or at least have one or two people that are kind of more experienced than you are that have been there and done it before and that you can turn to just to ask for advice so it's it's good to have a mentor who is a little bit separate who has no agenda um who doesn't have any kind of fiduciary duty towards the shareholders of your company um but um who's who's basically able to give you kind of unbiased advice and just just a you know a wise person you can turn to i think it's always a very good thing and most people i know 
are very much prepared to give advice to you know, the, the next generation of entrepreneurs that is coming through. Um, and so I think you know, there are a lot of people out there that are actually very happy to chat to you. So I would say to people, don't be shy. You know, just ask people, you know, would you be prepared to have a conversation with me about this? I'd like to ask your advice. And I'd say most, most of the time you're gonna, people will say yes. You then have to choose which advice you want to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any strategies that businesses can take so that when the unexpected does happen, there is just a bit more resilience baked in to deal with that? Well, one very important thing is is obviously always having enough cash in the bank. Um, I mean, that sounds really basic, but it's actually incredibly important um, because that will always buy you a bit more time. I mean, things will always take longer and cost more than you plan. Always, always. And I mean, I'm, you know, hyper, hyper conservative about this because I've been through this so many times before. And I, you know, when I do my planning, I'm still surprised that things still always take longer than, than I expect. So the only way you can really mitigate that is by always making sure you've got enough cash in the bank that covers you for things just taking that longer period but actually you should bring in all the money that you can because the chances are that you're really going to need it do you have any tips for dealing with i suppose more extended uh, issues I'm, i'm thinking of things like covid but i suppose it could be anything but something which isn't just like a momentary oh, this has been pulled out, something which you're going to have to deal with over the course of months or, or years even in a business? I think one thing I would say is that, you know, this is, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So you kind of really need to pace yourself. And it, it's very easy to work so hard on something and so intensely that, that you get really burnt out. And you just have to remember that you're going to have to keep on going and actually you you need to just find ways and everybody has their own way of dealing with this but just kind of give yourself enough space or just do enough other things with your life that um you know just give you energy from other things um because it's a long haul so yes and and actually i mean because it's a long haul you know the the one of the things that is becomes very important is the the sort of the interpersonal dynamics between you and your team. And um, one of the things that, that, you know, sadly often does cause problems for early stage companies is, you know, the, the dynamics between the founders. And, you know, it, because it's a long-term relationship, I mean, it's like any, any long-term relationship, you know, people grow apart or they have slightly different objectives. And over time that can become more and more problematic and especially if you're all under a lot of stress that can become problematic and I've seen many unfortunately many many startups that have had founder issues I mean it's it's unfortunately extremely common nurture the relationships and, and just keep talking very openly about issues because it's much better to deal with things early on than to kind of bottle them up and and then have a have a big blow up later on that was Barbara Domain Heyman And that's almost the end of our penultimate episode of this podcast series. We've looked at many different practical aspects of turning your research into a commercial success. But we've got something a little different planned for our final episode. 
we wanted to look at the benefits of this commercial academic crossover, the skills academia offers you in business and the skills business can offer you in academia. Stay tuned for that discussion. And until then, this has been Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. I'm Adam Levy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.